0: tuned in to New Stars with Neil Clark playing the up-and-coming artist first. Hear their stories before anyone else. Coming up on New Stars Show the live special. <laughs> absolutely Hey, i'm neil clark and it's a very big welcome to to new stars show special live um jeffrey sumner once said this is a journey into sound a sound and journey that will along the way bring new color new dimensions new value and a new experience Without further ado, I'm going to bring out uh, an artist now. Uh, She was born in northern Rhodesia, now called Zambia, well-known for the iconic hit single Everybody's Free to Feel Good. And um, I want to welcome you, Rosala Miller. Hello.
1: Hi, Neil. How are you?
0: I'm very well, and how are you?
1: Very well, thank you. Very well, thank you.
0: We spoke last time, which didn't really go very well, Really but we had a dress rehearsal. We had a dress rehearsal, which was absolutely fantastic. And I've been looking into your history a little bit more and uh changed a few things around. And I've got a special surprise for you as well. Oh,
2: oh, okay.
0: Yeah. But oh, we'll lovely. talk more we'll talk more about that later. Um but I want to thank you for coming on the show. And uh you look stunning by the way. Thank you. And, thank you so um, much. <laughs> um your love for music started at a very young age and um but why did you choose music i mean you could have chosen anything to do but why music
1: i've always loved singing and uh in my family household my cousins my aunts my uncles you know, uh, would ask me to sing for their friends when they had a, uh, an afternoon barbecue or a party. And one of my aunts in particular, um, she's she's since passed on, uh, you know, was my biggest fan. And she would show me off to her friends and, and say she can sing. And so, you know, when you're getting all this kind of feedback from your family and your friends in school, saying she can sing, she got a good voice. So, you know, and, and plus I loved, uh, singing anyway that sort of gave me the encouragement to pursue this uh, uh career.
0: Wow. And what a career it is too. Yeah. Um yeah. What was it about music that made you feel so passionate then?
1: I just love performing. I love uh you know when you hear songs of um whatever it is you might be feeling emotionally it takes you to a place it takes you out of everyday life. It's you know yeah. it takes you on a magical place and whether you're feeling up or sad, it just transports you or maybe a song will be played and come on the radio unexpectedly and it'll take you back Mm. 10 years ago and and stuff like that. And music is just such a powerful force.
0: Were you ever discouraged from taking up a singing career by your peers?
1: Yeah, my mom, number one. She was, uh, you know, not that she didn't want me to pursue it, but she was terrified and... um, you know, especially I remember when I was uh, planning on coming to the UK to continue pursuing my career. You know, she she had a meeting with my uncle who was like, you know, he's a father figure of the family. And she's like, oh, I'm very worried. You better give her a stern talk because she was terrified of, you know, uh, what's associated to music, sex, drugs and rock and roll.
0: <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> and that's so all she... she saw.
1: That's all she saw.
0: She thought you was gonna get wound up in all that mess then.
1: yeah, yeah, she was she's like, "Oh, I know you're coming back, and you know you've changed because of sex drugs and rock and roll, and you're not my daughter anymore, and I'm like you you know uh, you gotta trust me mum, I'm, I'm an individual, and you brought me up this way, and you gotta give me the benefit of the doubt you know i can't I can't always stay under your wings as much as I'd love to you you gotta allow me to spread my wings and and you know um i I have to gain your you know that I can show you that I'm responsible and anyway, here we are.
0: Well, wow. and how does your mum feel now then with, with all this? I mean, with you growing up and and, and um, spreading your wings, I mean, did your mum at any point say, I'm still right, you still shouldn't have, have done singing or did she change and say, do you know what, you did the right thing?
1: Oh, dramatically. She is my number one fan. In fact, going back many years ago you know she was just uh, being a parent being a mother worried about her, her her offspring and one of the things i remember my mom uh saying when i was you know still a struggling uh, musician singer she said oh you know my girl i wish if i had enough money uh, i'd buy you a full piece ready-made band to go out and, and do your shows and, and that just uh, stayed with me you know and I was about 18 or 19 then you know and um, yeah that's what you said to me so that, that really touched me and I thought yeah, I've got to wear one too
0: <laughs> well you've only just got here but there's so much to cram in and I want to bring one of your songs forward right now um, and it's called Feel It Slipping Away in- song, very upbeat, very party-ish. Whatever kind of mood that you're in, that is surely to get you out of the doldrums. Um, Mm -hmm. Now, you started performing in clubs, events, and even on a TV show in Zambia. Um, By the age of 18, you and your family moved to your father's country of origins, being Zimbabwe, um, and you had the desire to pursue a music career. You fronted various R&B cover bands and you made a decision to begin your own recording career and accumulated five number ones on the Zimbabwe charts. Now, you've been influenced by the likes of Aretha Franklin, Barbara Streisand, Michael Jackson and the Jacksons. Now, you formed a band called Grab. Um, how did you meet those guys?
1: Uh, well, uh, first and foremost, I I moved uh, to Zimbabwe when I was 15. Um, so still still a little toddler compared to 18.
0: <laughs> okay, but three years out. Oh, yeah, dear, yeah. my bad. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> and uh, there was the band leader whose name was uh, Boyki Moore. And he mm-hmm. was starting this um, band. And uh, as I said earlier, one of my aunts who really believed in me um was a, a good friend of his, and she she told him, you know, she's coming to Zimbabwe, why don't you, you know, test her out? And uh, he loved my voice, and we formed this band. And And the name Grab uh, came from the, the letters of our names at the beginning, so R in Grab being Rosella. And uh, we, we set out, you know, um, learning cover songs from other artists that were, you know, we're listening to on, on the radio station because Zimbabwe and Zambia are very influenced by western music and we also did african music so we tried to have a balance and we traveled up and down the country you know performing at different various places so you know neil you could say that was my, my i served my apprenticeship that way by you know getting to learn what it was like to be on tour <laughs> in zimbabwe and and sleeping in hotel rooms you know at the age of 18 19 20 and i thought yeah yeah i i love this i like this i think i could you know
0: continue to pursue this. What happened to the band Grab? I mean did you leave leave or did you did the band carry on going without you or did it uh, disband?
1: Um, If my memory serves right during that time there was a talent contest whilst I was with Grab and you know all the members were so supportive and uh, you know I I joined this talent contest and there were three hits and I won them all and they backed me uh, actually, and and the contract was, uh, the prize was a record uh, contract with the local uh, record company in Zimbabwe called Grammar Records. And I went on to record the material. And that's when, you know, other people started entering my life. The songwriters, the Rusiki brothers who are still based in Zimbabwe, wrote me my first uh, few singles, all of which went you know, to number one, all five singles. And I, I entered a different world, you know, but Grab were always still backing me so Apart from being a member in Grab, I now became a name in my own right and went out as Mm. Rosella. You know, I couldn't go out as, you know, Grab anymore when I've got this single and my videos are out in Zimbabwe. And that was my dream.
0: Wow. Um, So how did you know the world was ready for Rosella's music?
1: Oh, (laughs) I didn't know. (laughs) I was just so hungry for it because, you know, I felt... Um I reached as far as I could go uh, musically in Zimbabwe as, a, as an artist. Um, I couldn't possibly earn a living from it because I still had the daytime job, you know, working as a receptionist, uh, which, you know, was enjoyable at the time. And then at night I'd be, you know, singing. And uh, I thought I need to break out and uh, try my luck being an international singer, you know.
2: Mm.
1: And uh, I'm one of these people, Neil, I believe in when you put something out in life, life somehow, somewhere conspires to help you get there, or at least help you get near to that door. And at that time, when all these singles were happening for me in Zimbabwe, there was an uh, English producer who was on holiday in Zimbabwe, and he owned a recording studio in Wolverhampton, you know, and he knew of one of the DJs in Zimbabwe who was, was, had so much faith in me, John Matindi, and uh, John told him, well, yeah, she's a good friend of mine, and you know, to cut a long story short, he introduced us and, you know, Grandma Records believed in me. They flew me down to the UK. I started recording material um, at Chris's studio in Wolverhampton and we were sending around the cassettes trying to get a record deal with, you know, I remember one of them, one of the record labels stuck in my name, in my head. It was called Arista. And they wrote back so excitedly saying, "Yeah, you has got a great voice. We'd love to sign her." And literally within the same breath, They'd be like, no, actually, we're, we're really not interested.
2: <laughs> oh.
1: Yeah. So I went through a lot of that, you know, and but I had good people around me that encouraged me and uh, told me, yeah, you enter in the big world and, you know, be prepared to face rejection.
0: Because you swapped the heat for the cold um, around about 1988 when you re- relocated over to the UK. Um, but of all the countries, why the UK? Or was it the country that they decided to, say, this is where you're going to be working out from.
1: It just so happened, like I said, it was uh, an English producer who was in Zimbabwe who owned uh, this uh, studio in, in Wolverhampton. So, I mean, you know, Neil, if it had been an American producer and that was mm. in my path, it would have been America, but it just so happened to be England. And and honestly, you know, I just really didn't care which uh, international country opened up for me, but I hoped it would have been England or America. And it so happened to be England. And I, I, I was glad it was England because, you know, I had a, a relative living here. So at least I knew someone.
2: <laughs>
0: mm. Oh, OK. Let's take another breath and a little bit of a break and play your song, uh, Breaking My Heart, featuring Alan J. And what a fantastic song this is, too. Let's have a listen.
2: Where did it go? Between us, blood from a storm, cold and silent. Call me.
0: Fantastic song, Breaking My Heart, featuring Alan J. A song that is all about breaking hearts and yet it's so upbeat and funky.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. We, we can't be too sad all the time. <laughs>
0: <We> <laughs> certainly can't. That was an amazing video. Where was it shot?
1: We did that in Brighton at the the um, videographer's flat, you know, which is very kind of him. We, we filmed it uh, in his flat on his balcony, uh, you know, the party scene. So he got quite a few people, his friends, for the, the ending party scene. And we we did some of the opening shots um, on Brighton Beach as well. So, mm. yeah, his name is Lee Cooper. And so he had all these ideas. And, uh, yeah, we were really pleased with the turnout of the video.
0: Amazing, amazing. Now, you worked with the band of Gypsies, um, a production consisting of Nigel Swanston and Tim Cox, and your first song, Born to Love You, became a club hit in 1990. Did you know what type of music you wanted to perform?
1: Oh, yes. When I first met uh, Tim and Nigel, in fact, you know, going back to when I started recording at uh, Chris's studio in Wolverhampton, uh, and I'll send around these cassettes to try and get a deal with the record labels. One of those cassettes fell on the laps of Tim and Nigel. They loved my voice. Uh, we got to meet up and they said, "You would really love to work with you. This is what we do. What style of music would you like to do? And I said, I'd love to do, you know, dance music. And uh, more importantly, I, I want the songs to be um, positive and uplifting. And uh, yeah, and that's, that's what we did. And that's how, you know, Everybody's Free, the album came about.
0: Certainly did. And uh, your career really took off when you realised your song, Everybody's Free to Feel Good, which reached number six in the UK singles chart. And um, let's have a look at some of your uh, accomplishments with that song. <laughs> Rosanna was born in northern Rhodesia, now Zambia, in
2: 1964. Everybody
0: In 1988, Rosala came to London and by 1990, she was a club hit. She had one UK top 8 UK top 40s and 13 UK top 75s. Rosella spent four weeks in the top 10, 30 weeks in the top 40, and 49 weeks in the top
2: 75.
0: The remix of Everybody's Free to Feel Good went to number 30 in the UK chart in 1996. Rosella toured with Michael Jackson on the European leg of his Dangerous Tour. Rosella is back, and we find out, where has she been? Well, there's um, uh, some facts about that song, and uh, a little bit of your music career, and where you started... Um, The song actually became a top 10 hit in most European countries and the, and later on it became a, a billboard top 40 hit in the United States of America. That's absolutely amazing. And well, how did you feel that all of a sudden your, your music was, your song was starting to take off? I mean, must have been an absolute amazing feeling.
1: Absolutely. I, 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 you know, when it all first started happening, I'm, you know, this this girl from Africa that doesn't know anyone in, in the UK apart from, you know, Chris Sargent and then, of course, get to know his family and my aunt, who was already living here, but she lived in Folkestone, so I, I hardly saw her. Other than that, I was alone, um, but so hungry for it that, you know, nothing would have stood in my way. And my agent lost me and he said, yeah, it might be many years ago, but you're still hungry for it, babe. <laughs> you still got it. Um, I felt, you know, at the time, overwhelmed. But I also thought, you know, as I still do now, this is what I asked for. This is my dream come true. Mm. You know, um, to to me, Neil, to go out and sing and do music and earn a living from it is just so un, unreal to me. It's so surreal that, you know, I can go out and sing and do my shows. And you've got the fans who are loving your songs, who are giving you such fantastic response. I mean, I think, You know, I feel like a goddess when I'm on that stage. I feel amazing. And I just say thank you. And and it's that that also keeps me going and wanting to keep performing.
0: Did you ever think, though, with every up, there's a down? And Mm -hmm. did you think, how long is this ride that I'm enjoying so, so much? Is it going to come to an end?
1: Oh, yes, absolutely. I mean, uh, there was a time when I did think uh, it was coming to an end. It was, uh, I guess, sometime in the mid-90s when the boy bands and the girl bands uh, were happening and having their glory, you know, it was lovely. And, um, you know, I was signed to one of the biggest labels at the time. Suddenly I was dropped from the label. Um, I was, you know, coming from doing anywhere between five to seven club dates per week. And keeping in mind, that's how I earned my living. I was lucky if I got even one club date in a period of two months, you know. And Mm. I thought, is this... The end, you know, has, uh, you know, someone or something come and said, yeah, you've had your glory, you've had your hit, it's time for others now, move on, move aside, you know, and um, it was upsetting, it was upsetting to be dropped by the label, it was more upsetting to, uh, and scary to not be going out and earning a living, because I started thinking, you know, um, I need to find another job, because I don't, I didn't want to come up against a wall and find, I'm really stuck now, I've got nowhere to go. And so I went through that period. And uh, when I look back at it now, Neil, you know, again, how I say life helps one conspire to get you in certain places. During Mm -hmm. that period, when I was going through all that fearfulness of my career, um, and I just bought a flat, so I had a mortgage as well. And I'm going, oh, I don't (gasps) (laughs) know. And, you know, I had a bit of savings. But as you know, when you don't have anything coming in, you know, you see it going out pretty rapidly. But during that time, I, I met my, who is now my husband. So I think when I look back, it gave us the opportunity to get to know each other. Because mm. had I met him when I was traveling extensively as I was promoting Everybody's Free and the album, we probably wouldn't have been able to have sustained a relationship. And so we got to know each other. And so that was a different, another part of my, my life. And, uh, you know, it was wonderful. We've been together now um in total, uh, married for 24 years and we've been together for 27 years.
0: Wow, congratulations. Thank you. Wow. So, in 1992, you were given the ultimate of invitations and uh, that was to open the European leg of Michael Jackson's uh, Dangerous Tour on 43 of his dates. Um, that must have been an absolute mm-hmm. awesome thing to to firstly, be invited onto his tour, and secondly, you must have met him.
1: It was shocking. I mean, you know, here I am, the schoolgirl growing up in Indola, Zambia, loving the Jackson 5. You know, the Jackson 5 were like, wow. And then, of course, they became the Jacksons because Michael Jackson had broken away to become an artist in his own right. And one of his uh, albums was, uh, I think most of the songs were written by Rod Temperton, you know, uh, off the wall oh my gosh, I mean, wow, you know, and then fast forward, me, this little girl from Africa is supporting, in my opinion, the biggest star at that time. And it will remain one of the highlights of my career, Neil. Honestly, it it was just so surreal to go out on the stage and perform at the uh, stadiums. And again, coming from performing at nightclubs where I was performing to anywhere between 500 people and then of course the rave scene took out and I would be p- performing to anywhere between 2 to 10,000 people in a warehouse somewhere in the middle of a farm before the police came to chase everybody away <laughs>
2: <laughs> 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 <laughs>
1: <laughs> and then you know was supporting Michael Jackson and doing up to 75,000 people per stadium and I remember we uh Performed, uh, I, I do not remember for the life of me the name of the stadium in Paris. Uh, but you know, generally most of the stadiums we performed at were 75,000 people. And, uh, this particular uh, stadium in Paris, the fans were so eager to get in. I heard that they burnt the gates down and broke the gates down and did something. And I went on stage and, you know, the, the security be, you know, on the side were telling me just to calm down, don't excite my, excite them or whatever i'm going why they're like because they burnt the gates down and there's about a hundred thousand of them in there (laughs) 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 and so you know i'm singing i'm going okay and i'm you know obviously the stage is high and i can see on top of their heads i kid you not they looked like a squashed tin of sardines slowly (laughs) swaying from side to side (laughs) it was incredible incredible Well.
0: Were you performing your song, Everybody's Free, or was you performing other songs?
1: I did uh, a 30, 45-minute set. So um, so I did about 43 dates with Michael Jackson. The first month, it was myself and uh, these two young guys called Crisscross. Cross. I think they were, were about 13 or 14. And they had to go back to America after two or three weeks, I believe, because, well, they had to go back to school. So, you know, uh, the, the Michael Jackson camp decided Rosella was enough of a support act. So keep on. So I did the rest of the, the two and a half months, so to speak. And, um, you know, so uh, I had to, you know, uh, add more songs to, to the, the repertoire. And uh, so I was doing 30 minutes and I ended up doing 45 minutes. So you could say I practically did the whole album of everybody. <laughs> 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 because that was what was happening, you know, and yeah. I was so nervous because I thought, they're not going to know any of the other songs. Only you know. Are you ready to fly? Faith in the power of love. Everybody's free. But you know, I mean, it was just absolutely mega. The the audience reaction was phenomenal.
0: It sounds it. It sounds like you had a time of your life.
1: I did. I did.
0: We're going to take a, another short break, um, but let's play it if you say it again. And if you say. Again, your songs, your upbeat tempo of all your songs are no different to 1991 when you brought out everybody's free. They're just more mature, more directive to where you want to go with your song, but you still got the club feel about it.
1: Yeah, yeah, I didn't want to lose that. You know, I, as you as you said, Neil, I I didn't want to lose that. I still wanted to have a club feel, the up tempo dance songs that would make people feel good you know where they're sitting down or you know would make them want to stand up and put their hands up in the air but you know obviously i have evolved as well i'm a grown woman now you know so uh um they they more mature lyrics as well you know uh and not that everybody's free was wasn't but it's now reflecting you know love and loss and relationships and stuff like that
0: it's amazing and um Your song, Everybody's Free, went on to being remixed and still being remixed and played. Um, The uh, original video has had over 15 million views on YouTube. (laughs) Yeah. And your song has over 311,000 listeners per month on Spotify. they It is staggering. I mean, (laughs) when you look at, when you look at your life like that, that, you know, you've got 15 million viewers on YouTube, 311,000, um, listeners every month, uh, listening to just that song alone.
1: Yeah.
0: How, what, where does that put you in, in, in the context of things? I mean,
1: it's overwhelming it's surreal it's uh you know it's my dream come true but i didn't expect it to quite be like this you know it's uh it's just fantastic it's encouraging it keeps me wanting to do what i'm doing and uh, you know sometimes i think somebody's just written that number (laughs) and has made up that number uh but I want to thank all these fans with with all of my heart because it's through them that I'm here till today, with the career that I've had through them and through the songs.
0: Absolutely, absolutely. Um We've got to thank our people, haven't we? Yeah, well, I got to thank you too as well. Neil.
1: A... You know, you DJs like yourself that that play my songs and you know you you keep you keep me alive. You keep us artists alive by playing our music, and and you know every everything uh, is connected.
0: Well, I have to say it's a little bit of a surreal moment for me because I was listening to your song when I was like 22 years old. Um, so meeting you for the first, t- well, for the second time, it's still very surreal for me. Um, <laughs> but you don't, you don't always get chance to meet a celebrity like you because you are a celebrity. There's no two ways about it, whether you, whether you like to admit it or just call yourself a working girl, a working artist, whatever you want to call yourself. Um, you know, you are a celebrity. You have celebrity status. You performed Michael Jackson. No, not every Tom Dick or Harry will actually perform with Michael Jackson. <laughs> well, especially not now, but you know, at the time. Um, so you do have celebrity status and you know, for me, it's, 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 you know, it's very humbling for me. Oh. Um, but I want to share a celebration with you of an award that you received. Ooh. Yes. <laughs> and I'll um take it away. lifetime achievement award for uh, 2021 awarded by Star FM in um in Africa and um wow.
1: I know incredible. A Star FM uh, in in Zimbabwe Harare and you know I got a a, a call from one of my good friends the Risiki brothers Kelly actually he um got in contact with me saying the CEO of Star FM is trying to get in touch with you because you've been awarded a Lifetime Achievement Award. So I thought, nah, 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 nah. somebody's playing the trick on me. This can't be true. So I said, well, I'll give him my number. And then the CEO Comfort Comfiting called me and he said, yes, Rosala, the panel have awarded you a Lifetime Achievement Award. I, since then, you know, uh, have had a, a few sleepless nights, you know, it's, it's quite overwhelming. And then, of course, before my husband gets into bed, he goes, oh, I'm getting into bed with a lifetime achiever.
0: <laughs> well, let's have a look at how the ceremony went for you. Star in the game of music,
3: it takes a lot for you to even become a legend, to have a lasting legacy in the music industry. It takes so much more. There's so many names we can bring up. So many people we can mention. You can't just be a fly-by-night, a one-hit wonder. No, it takes hard work, perseverance, longevity is key. Endurance is of the most, utmost importance. And that's why tonight we look at the Lifetime Achievement Award in a very special way, it being Women's Month. Take a look at this. Together with the Bundu boys, Mokomba, Oliver Mtekudzi, and others, the recipient of this year's Lifetime Achievement Award is one of Zimbabwe's biggest musical exports. The undisputed Queen of Rave, Rosala Miller. was born in Dola, Zambia on the 18th of March, 1964. Her father, as Zimbabwean, had crossed into Zambia seeking greener pastures. Rosala began performing at a young age in Zambia singing in clubs, at special events and on a children's TV show She was aged 18 years when she relocated to Zimbabwe with the parents and lived in Chinoy briefly before moving to Harare where she immediately got into the music scene fronting various R&B cover bands which included the Rusike Brothers and Boyki Moose Band, Grab
4: Rosala, Rosala from the first time I met her, she was like a firecracker, vivacious, full of confidence. But most important of all, she was so focused. It was like she knew that she was destined for stardom. She made my life as a band leader so very easy, and what a pleasure to work with. The first time I heard Ross was at the talent contest at the Hotel. I remember coming away from this saying, "I've got to get into my new next project." So when I put Gaby Green on bass, Andy Brown on lead guitar, myself on drums and vocal, and Roz on lead vocal, Ernst Grab was born, and Grab stood for Gaby, Roz, Andy, Boyki, and that second being Grab stood for the beat. Now I had the difficult task in going to seek permission from my parents to see if she could join the band. I sat in the lounge directly opposite Roz's mom, as she stared me down, I could feel the hair at the back of my neck standing up. And after some grueling questioning, she gave me the nod. But with all the do's and don'ts that I had to adhere to, we worked hard and non-stop. None of us could keep up with Ross. It was like she had found her calling. Bursting with confidence, she worked hard every day, always on time for rehearsals and always on point with the selection of songs. I could always rely on her. Grab was so well received. We were gigging all over Zimbabwe. Our biggest gig came and a contracted archipelago. At that point, I had already signed three new members of the band, but Roz was still uh, on the forefront. She had so many young bucks hovering around the stage, checking her out. It was just so funny to see. I remember recording a national state lottery jingle with Roz and Pinky Williams, a vocalist from South Africa. And Roz told me then that it had been her first experience in the recording studio. Can you believe it? Look at her now. You know, she has gone so far and beyond her wildest dreams. But soon after Grab disbanded, Roz left Zimbabwe and moved to London where she became as a mega rave star in the 90s. And the rest is history. I watched in awe as she climbed the charts. At one point, Ross came to Detroit and she invited me to her show. I felt so proud of her, so moved just seeing her on stage. Her success was and still is written in the stars. The joy is that she is still recording and performing all over the world, but she remains this same beautiful grounded soul that I met and worked with all those years ago. She is so blessed and deservedly so.
3: She eventually started her own recording career, ending up with five number one hits on Zimbabwe's national charts. In 1989, an English producer, Chris Sargent, who was based in Wolverhampton and owned Unice music label, invited Rosala to London, placing her with the band of Gypsies. This production duo, consisting of Nigel Swanston and Tim Cox, produced her most successful singles and her debut album. Rosanna's first UK single, Born to Love You, became a club hit in 1990. However, her career took off when the dance anthem, Everybody's Free to Feel Good, which sold more than one million copies. The single became a top ten hit in many European countries soon afterwards and reached the American Billboard charts top 40 the following year. Rosanna's first UK single, Born to Love You, became a club hit in 1990. However, her career took off when the dance anthem, Everybody's Free to Feel Good, which sold more than a million copies. The single became a top 10 hit in many European countries soon afterwards and reached the American Billboard charts top 40 the following year. She signed a deal with Sony Records, the same label with Michael Jackson. Sony Records asked Rosalla to open for Michael Jackson's Dangerous Tour. The first performance was at Wembley Arena in London in 1992, where Rosala became an instant star. Her cover version of I Love You reached the UK Top 20, US Top 100. The hit was a theme song for the film Calitos Way. She has recorded numerous other dance singles and has been called Europe's queen of dance music. She has flown the Zimbabwean flag high and she is the star of the Music Awards recipient for the Lifetime Achievement Awards. Rosala Miller.
2: Well, what a special gift as we celebrate a women's month. This special award goes to Rosala Miller.
1: I am truly, truly humbled. It's a surreal moment for me. Uh, it feels like it's coming around full circle because I started my career in Zimbabwe and uh, since then I've had the fortune of having uh performed all over the world for which I'm so, so grateful and I will hopefully continue doing that. I want to thank everyone at Star FM, all the countless DJs for their support and for playing my music. I want to thank my mom and my family who are still based in Zimbabwe. I love you all and I miss you so much. I want to thank the Riziki brothers. I want to thank Dan Ferdenga. Denga. I want to thank Boyki Moore who have all been part and parcel of my journey from the very beginning. I want to thank my husband, Alan, for his support. I love you so much. I love you all, you guys. God bless you and thank you from all my heart. Thank you. Wow. Wow. <laughs>
0: I'm getting all teary-eyed now. Are am getting all teary-eyed? Oh, no, no, no. We cannot do anyone... this,
1: Neil. I need to Have... cut my eye
2: dry. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow,
0: wow. I think that's quite poignant, actually, on two things. Um, A, because you're on my show and you've recently received that award. And secondly... It's a big thumbs up to Women's Month um, to promote the fact that women are just as good, if not better, at cracking out some fantastic tunes like you have since you uh,
2: 1991.
0: And uh, <laughs> I have to giggle, though. I have to giggle, though, at um, <laughs> with the comments of... Um, you're a little firecracker, uh, <laughs> vivacious, full of Ooh. confidence, and um, all the young bucks were checking you out.
1: <laughs> my husband gave a look to me. He, he looked at me and went, oh, all the young bucks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, didn't, I didn't understand what Boyki said when he, until my husband sort of like uh, highlighted that. I went, oh, oh, well, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs>
0: It all comes out sooner or later, Rosella. It It really does.
1: You see, your your past catches up with you, Neil.
0: Oh, it certainly does.
1: The of life are watching you, Neil. Watch what you've done.
0: (laughs) Well, um, we won't play any more of of that of that uh, show. But um, yeah, congratulations from all of us anyway for for your lifetime achievement award. If you could perform with any living artist, who would it be and why?
1: And in, oh my goodness. Well, I'd have to say because, you know, I had the opportunity to support him in 2008, 2009, uh, the great Mr. Billy Ocean, you know, wow, what a talented man. What a wonderful heart. What a beautiful spirit he had. And his voice is like liquid gold, you know, and mm-hmm. I remember when I supported Billy, he kindly uh, said uh, to me at uh, to come and do a duet with him at one of uh, the shows we were doing. I could not believe it, you know, and I learned the song and I did the duet with him. Uh, I've got the video somewhere. And Wow. I mean, I was just, um, incre- just amazed. And Billy had, um, I, I don't know specifically how many, but for instance, he had like a 10-piece band, you know, uh, with percussion, with uh back in singers with a, a music conductor that is my dream one day to go out and do something like like that on that scale you know and when Billy came out on stage you know he every song he did it was a case of oh I know that song oh I know that song oh I know that song practically every song he sung you knew and it hmm. was just incredible, so I'd well let's hope
0: we can uh, hopefully we can get him on here. I mean, I'm not quite sure if he can, but um yeah, if you're listening to Billy Ocean, then uh get in touch, we'd love to have you on um when you look back at your life, which has been the most um wonderful highlight?
1: oh my goodness, well, apart from uh, uh career wise having supported Michael Jackson and Billy Ocean, and you know having the hit singles, whether they've been commercial or you know on smaller stations or fans who have set up um you know their own charts that has just been a highlight and then of course most of all the opportunity to practically have traveled the world to sing my songs will remain something forever surreal to me because nearly it's you know had i had i not had these hit singles i I could never have afforded to travel the way I have till to date. And so, you know, I, I get to travel and see these wonderful countries, even if it's for a day or so. I make sure they give me two or three hours to go see the cities or go and see the parks. And it, it's just wonderful.
0: Amazing. Amazing. Now, you've been putting an album together But COVID-19 halted all the production on that. So whereabouts are you with that project still? Or has it been finished?
1: No, we haven't finished it. We have, uh, I believe, another two or three more tracks left to record. Uh, As soon as as we're able to, I'll be back in the studio finishing off the album. But fortunately, we have uh, nine or ten tracks, I believe, that um, are currently being uh, produced and remixed. And that's how we got the opportunity to release... uh, uh, three three singles from it, you know. So that's that's kept things going and has kept my name out there, the profile. So you know, the latest offering is uh, I I feel it slipping away, which we released uh, end of last year, November twenty twenty.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah.
0: So where can our listeners, our audience, where can they go and and get your music? Where can they download it from?
1: They can go online. All good online um, retailers is Amazon. There's iTunes. Who doesn't know iTunes? <laughs> There's my record label, uh, Energize. And, you know, just just Google Rosella and stuff will come up. So take your pick.
0: That's excellent. Um, now, we're going to play out with your song, Don't Go Lose It, Baby, which has a similar sound to that of Odyssey, Going Back to My Roots. Yes. Yes. Uh, <laughs> Yeah. Oh my. Have you have you listened to it? Have you have you listened you to the composition?
1: Well, when we spoke the last time, that's one of the first things I did, and I thought Neil's right. <laughs> 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 so yes, <laughs> yep, yep, yep. You, you, yeah yeah. It, it does. Your yeah. your
0: version is slightly faster than than the um, original Odyssey's, yeah. um, but there is definitely in the in the background. And when we play out, guys, listen to it because. If you remember what the song of Odyssey going back to my roots sounds like, if you've got it in your head and then you hear what we're going to play, you'll think, Oh my God, Rosella, you have been an amazing guest on New Stars show and you are the queen of new stars. I'm going to dub you that title, Queen of New Stars. (laughs)
2: Thank Um, you so much. Thank you you so much. You can,
0: you can have some lessons after your name. I want to thank you for coming on the show. Um, and for sharing your life with us. And uh, I look forward to welcoming you back uh, on the show uh, anytime soon.
1: Thank you. Uh, well, to, there's to give an, us an to update. now, so um, I hope we'll meet here again. Absolutely.
0: That, Absolutely. That yeah. So to you at home or wherever you are, thank you for listening. A big thanks to my guests, uh, Rosalla Miller, for coming on. Jonathan Dull for promoting And for making this possible uh, Energize Recordings is, is your label and it's uh, For giving us the songs to play yes. And to uh, SP Music Management um, yes. For their interest and their support So from my guest Rosella and myself It's a very Goodbye
2: Don't go